0: Hey friend, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here listening to another episode of the Pattern Design Circle podcast. Here we talk all about the ins and outs of designing knit and crochet patterns and running a business that makes it all possible. I'm Jessica, your host, knitting pattern designer, design mentor, and the friend in your ear. Can't wait to dive right in. The Pattern Design Circle podcast is sponsored by the Pattern Design Circle, a membership community for knit and crochet pattern designers that are feeling lost, lonely, or frustrated in their business. It connects you with a supportive community that's always eager to answer your questions and help you through the hard times. And there's loads of resources and activities specifically catered to business and designing. Sound like your jam? Check it out at com forward slash design dash circle. That's snickerdoodle like the cookie. Knits, K-N-I-T-S dot com forward slash design dash circle. All right, let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Pattern Design Circle podcast. I am very excited to be here today to share a replay from a past guest discussion that I hosted on Instagram. Last year in 2022, I hosted a different. Designer on my Sticker Snickerdoodle Knits Instagram, just to introduce my audience to more designers and to share a bit deeper look than what we typically see, like just on social media of of the designers that we know and love. And so this guest discussion, this replay is um, with Johanna uh, Anna Johanna Designs. Uh, she is a knitwear designer in Finland. She has some gorgeous colorwork designs and it was just so fun to, to dive deeper into her design process, her design journey knitting um, in Finland. They learn how to knit in school, they knit in school, and so it's a bit different sort of knitting culture than what I'm used to here in the United States. That was really interesting and then chatted about some of her different designs about book that she published and so many goodies. So I really hope that you enjoy getting to know Johanna a bit more and you find her journey inspirational and Maybe you'll even find some bits and pieces of ideas that you might want to implement into your own designs or business. So without further ado, I hope you absolutely love this discussion. And of course, please go give Johanna a follow on the interwebs and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this month's featured pattern designer. If you're not familiar, I am Jessica, the knitting pattern designer and design coach behind Snickerdoodle Knits, the Design Circle, Design Circle Podcast, all the things, and I am so excited that today I have Johanna of Anna Johanna joining. And I see that she is on and has sent a request. Hello Maria Lee. Make sure my volume's on. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: I'm just, uh, I'm really excited too. I'm just trying to unravel this little spasm yarn here so that I can do a bit of winding while we get. <laughs>
0: That's funny because um, what I am currently working on is a bunch of Unraveling too. I've gotten this far and I'm working around the round, oh, no. and then I'll be wowing wh- and whining so. <laughs> Oh Well, um, I always think it's fun to start these by asking you, as the feature designer, to describe yourself in three words. Oh no, that's
1: terribly (laughs) difficult. (laughs) I um, (laughs) am, well, uh, I would describe my designs as romantic, myself, a very kind of a laid back, relaxed dresser, myself. And then I have a really bad sense of humor.
0: I love it. Not
1: exactly three words, but (laughs) something along those lines.
0: That's perfect. That's so fun. The reason I love that question so much is that it always like helps us see just a little bit more into like, who designers actually are. Because like, those are the kinds of things that we typically don't just talk about. Like, if we're talking about your design journey and stuff, you're not like, oh, I just have like a really weird sense of humor. Like, that's not something that comes up. so so fun thank you so much for playing
1: that comes up when you're not prepared to answer
0: yes yes (laughs) um so johanna do you want to share a little bit about what you do with anna johanna designs
1: okay um well i've been designing uh doing patterns for sales since 2016. i started my own business back in 2018 and then 2020, just before COVID hit, I left my old day job as a researcher at the local university and started doing network designs full time. Yeah. And that, that is what I do. That is, that is so exciting. So what does
0: a typical day in the life of Johanna look like?
1: <laughs> right now, at the moment, a typical day is just me trying to survive... <laughs> The nights with a little toddler <laughs> she uh, she has just uh, started daycare in September, and now we're mostly just down with the flu all the time, oh, trying to recover from that but um yeah, it's... usually when I'm up for working i am um, you would think that that it would mean me knitting around all day, but usually it just means that I'm sitting at the computer for hours and hours nonstop. <laughs> Editing photos and (laughs) going through test knits and (laughs) that kind of things. And then I usually sit by the TV a couple hours each night knitting. Yes. Do you find
0: that what you enjoy knitting and what you enjoy designing are similar or are they different?
1: They're somewhat similar and somewhat different. I I always design for myself clothes that I want to wear and... Mm -hmm. Also, things that I like to knit. Uh, there is always something, I always do a little interesting details to keep myself interested. But then, when I call these holiday knits, I take a little holiday from designing and work on someone else's design. And I always pick something as, that's as difficult as possible because I really enjoy challenges.
0: Yes. <laughs> I like doing,
1: doing things the difficult way but that doesn't really work when you're trying to (laughs) provide yourself with uh, knitwear designing because people usually love simple patterns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I always love to ask this question because it's only been more recently that my designing and my knitting interests have like started to align. It used to be that they were totally different. Well, I guess more so like what I like to wear and what I like to knit, but like, I like to wear more simple things and, but what I, I enjoyed designing and knitting was more complicated things. And so it's only been like in the last year or so that I've like started to enjoy more simple knits. And therefore I feel like now it actually is starting to line up like, (laughs) all right, I like to design and knit (laughs) and wear the same stuff.
1: (laughs) I usually like to have two projects on my needles. One that is difficult and requires some brain power to get through and then something that is completely mindless like just endless rows of stockinette stitch so that you yeah. can knit while watching TV. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um before I forget,
0: I was going to mention that you host a tea time knitting and- chat kind of thing over on yeah. your instagram regularly so if there's any folks from my following that don't know you uh definitely check that out you host it both in english and in finnish
1: is that right? yeah i i um do the english speaking tea time uh once every two weeks and then every other week is in finnish yes Yes. And it's really laid back. I'm like, it's so laid back that I'm usually late for it myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it seems like usually I have all of my Instagram notifications disabled, so it doesn't like tell me when I'm not in the app. But it seems like every time I'm on the app and you're live and I go on, it's the week when it's finished speaking. (laughs) So maybe someday I'll
1: actually catch you in English. (laughs) But yeah, I try to do it always on Sundays so that you can at least remember the day. Yeah, But I I, kind of, I don't decide the exact time beforehand. Not that too many days before because you can never know a life with a toddler. You (laughs) kind of have to fit it in between her naps. So I usually, um, give a warning a couple days ahead. Sounds good. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So you've already mentioned your toddler several times. Um, (laughs) how has that changed your, like the pace at which you're designing and knitting or has it?
1: Well, it definitely has. (laughs) Like I, it's kind of a funny thing. I used to work as a researcher at the university here and I it, it was just burning me out, that lifestyle. It was too hectic, too stressful and everything. And I was so happy leaving that life behind because I didn't want to deal with the stress anymore. So I find my design job really relaxed and I enjoy it a lot. But if I'm allowed, I will be sitting by the computer like... 12 hours non-stop mm. like it's usually <laughs> I go to my computer in the morning and then late at night hubby comes in and tells me you might want to come to bed right <laughs> and I may have forgotten to eat and all that but still it doesn't feel stressful at all but now with the toddler <laughs> there is no way that I can be working 12-hour days like What I enjoy most is that you don't have any schedules in this uh line of work because I'm (laughs) I'm employing myself so I don't have any that kind of deadlines Mm -hmm. so I can I can work when I feel like I'm in the zone and then I can take three days off and do nothing yes yes but now (laughs) now with our our little girl so as i mentioned she has just started daycare so now i have to work those hours
0: (laughs) how is that transition going
1: (laughs) rough (laughs) like um in my previous life uh before our precious little baby i i am not a morning person so I enjoyed my work at the university also because there were no uh, set working hours there either. You could <laughs> just show up when you felt like it. Yeah. So I was never there at 8 a.m. in the morning. And yeah. now, uh, <laughs> now there is this little person I have to drop off at the daycare like before 8. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, yeah, she has a more strict uh, six year old than I do. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) She runs the house now. (laughs) Pretty much. That's so fun. I can relate so much. I don't have children, but, um, I'm a night owl, and, like, you were talking about, um, you know, just working for 12 hours straight and stuff like that. That's something I've been working a lot more against this year, because it is just my tendency to just work non-stop and not take three days off when I feel like it um but then so I'm a night owl but then my spouse is even more so a night owl and so you know if I get into the zone and I just want to work he's not going to come tell me I should go to bed <laughs> I'm always the one who will tell him he should go to bed but um yeah so that is I can totally relate <laughs> Oh, also, hello to everybody joining us live. It's so fun to see you. Um, I've been trying to watch. I don't think there's been any comments, but feel free to chime in anytime. Uh, if you have any questions for Johanna or I guess for myself, <laughs> feel free to ask. But, Johanna, how did you? So, you said you started designing for yourself when you were 16. How did you first start knitting and designing?
1: I don't actually remember when I've learned to knit. I'm pretty sure mom has taught me before I went to school, but here in Finland everyone, at least the girls, are taught to knit on Mm. third grade. Okay. Yeah. And then um, some people (laughs) pick up on it and some don't, so there is usually like this task of um, knitting a pair of socks. And other people end up with a pair of socks, and others end up with a sock puppet <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't have a heel. But I, I always loved it a lot. I uh, started knitting like more seriously when I was maybe fifteen years old, and um, I, I had a few. Subscriptions like couple magazines coming to the house, but there wasn't really a lot to choose from. So after a couple years of knitting from those magazines, I started just modifying patterns and coming up coming up with my own, just so that I could have something that looked a bit different. Uh-huh. But then I I started uh blogging, having this where we once knitted blog with my best friend. I think we started back in. 2011, maybe? She's that is a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> we did that for a couple of years, and then I started um, writing patterns because it, it just kind of was the next step.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. Um So this is purely, like, curious about how schools work in Finland, but when if the girls are learning to knit what do the other students do uh they have wood crafts
1: okay and
0: did, did you ever learn any of that
1: yeah there i i don't actually know how the system is these these days i think they have these kind of soft and hard crafts for all the students but back in my days it was usually that you chose one and then you uh stuck with it but then there was this one uh period where you had like six months of the other okay so all the girls went went to uh carve some um bird feeding (laughs) platters and stuff like that (laughs) yeah because
0: i had i never had a knitting class never had that as an option but in middle school which is like it was seventh grade for me um we had we could take wood shop and we could take sewing. So I had it then. But yeah, that that's really interesting. So then your first designs that you published, what what were you designing? Like did you have any specific theme or like types of accessories or garments or
1: things? I'm a sweater neither. So it's it's been sweaters all along. It's always been sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my first like real graded pattern was, uh, it's called La Grasse Matinee. I'm not actually sure how to pronounce it, my friend um, <laughs> named it because I, she told me that it's a great name for a Lazy Sunday sweater. It's a really simple, super relaxed, loose, raglan sleeve sweater and uh, it was the first one I graded properly and <laughs> got it right. <laughs> And I published it for free on the blog. And then, let me see. My first pattern that I... Yeah, I did one. uh, That's up for a sale on Ravelry called Primrose, which was the first one that I've been selling. And it sold, like, maybe three copies. (laughs) Which was super exciting at the time. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And then... um, a couple months later there was this um Finnish yarn brand called Wool. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's it's a really I think it's probably nowadays the most known internationally known Finnish yarn brand that and they make uh yarn from Finnish wool, like Finnish sheep breeds. Uh-huh. And my friend um the, the <laughs> there was this woman who started the brand. And then she wanted to quit. She wanted to go uh, into some other adventures. And my friend, who owns the local yarn shop here in this town, bought the business for the yarn. And then, of course, I wanted to try and design something because now it was her yarn. So I made this uh, cardigan called One, which is a really nice, very simple set-in sleeve cardigan it's otherwise stocking at stitch, but the back has a lace panel, like the whole mm-hmm. back wide. Mm-hmm. And I, I made one for myself, and then I made one for my friend, because we were both uh, graduating, got our B- PhDs, like two weeks apart. <laughs> so I made the other for her as a graduation uh-huh. present, and then I published that pattern. And then it, re- like, the first one sold, like, three copies, and this one... I don't even remember how many, but like it was a big difference. And so I got really excited that maybe, after all, I could maybe start actually doing this. Because <laughs> this is a bit of an embarrassing story. I've been dreaming of being a fashion designer since I was like six years old. Uh-huh. <laughs> we had three um, channels in the Finnish uh, television back when I was a kid. And one of those channels was showing one soap opera from the states, The Bold and the Beautiful, which is set in this fashion industry kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I used to watch that with my dad. I couldn't even... It's subtitled here in Finland, and I couldn't even read the subtitles, but my dad was reading them to me out loud so that I could watch the soap (laughs) opera with him. And then I started dreaming about fashion (laughs) designing because of that show and then that that dream kind of never went away but I I wasn't really good enough in sewing back when I started really kind of harboring these dreams and then knitting came along and I got really excited about this this hobby and it just swept me away (laughs) and long story short now I kind of have my childhood dream
0: yes that is so realized that is so cool um a little bit ago miriam said that boys now knit in school and crochet um and so like for the average quote unquote typical (laughs) finnish population are there a lot of knitters like do people keep up with yes
1: I, I would say like my perception of the thing is that everyone in Finland knits, uh-huh. and everyone knows how to knit.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And you know, as a designer, it would create a very different environment than what we have here in the United States. Like, I'm guessing that the perception that people have of knitters is different there than what it is here. But Probably. I don't... Because here, often, folks think of the stereotype as being, like, the old grandma with, like, your white hair, sitting in a rocking chair, just knitting away, you know, these old-fashioned knits that nobody's going to want to use. (laughs) Like, outside of the knitting world. Obviously, that's not the knitting world, but...
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I, I think that has kind of been the perception here in Finland mm. also, even though everyone knows how to knit, but in recent years that has really changed a oh, lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: Maria elise when you were talking about your, your first designs, said she loves the French name. They use that expression all the time. She's up in Canada in French speaking. Um, and then earlier maria Lisa had asked if you
1: spin, weave, and crochet. Yeah, I, I, um, I've done all of those things. I actually have two spinning wheels here in my, uh, office. One is, um, new one I bought, maybe 2013, um, uh, Maya Craft Rose from New Zealand. But the other one is an old spinning wheel that, um, my dad brought, uh, brought me and it we can't know for certain but it probably belonged to my grandmother's grandmother
0: Whoa. and it still works that's really cool that's really neat i um i haven't spun yet <laughs> it's it's it
1: looks like a very relaxing enjoyable it can be but just like knitting it can also be really <laughs> annoying at times.
0: That makes a lot
1: yes I can see that too. <laughs> Back when I started spinning like he wouldn't comment this way nowadays now that he knows so much more but when I started spinning my husband uh, asked me does this mean now that you won't be buying any more yarn as you can make your own and is this is this going to make your life so much cheaper? <laughs> I, th- I can tell you it does not. It only means that you will also be buying wool.
0: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> but uh, about the question, I also do... Uh, I have done some weaving classes. It wasn't really my thing. Crochet I like. I do do uh, love to make these amigurumi uh, softies. Uh for all the kids in my life. I use these Haiti Bears patterns that are based on these African flower motifs. They're excellent. And I really love making those, but I don't like to crochet bigger things. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dirty Llama Lover asked if we'd be recording this for viewing later. Yes, the replay will be up later. I know it definitely will post onto mine. I don't know. I think when I tag... Joanna as a collaborator she can post it as well but I will also be sending her the the video link. Yeah. She can choose what she wants to do with it. <laughs> um yeah, um so that kind of leads us into I I did have a list of questions but I kind of just rambled. So, um I was going to ask you about your other hobbies as well. Uh, You had mentioned, I had asked in the email before about your hobbies and you mentioned that you sew, spin, bake, do yoga, hike, and like enjoy playing cards. Uh, So I was curious how you like, do you see those as impacting your designing at all? Like, do they feel intertwined? The spinning feels like an obvious connection, but the others, do you feel like, are they, do they feel very separate or do you feel like you have kind of themes that run between them? Well, most of them
1: are just uh, combined by the fact that they're crafts. Like, they're stuff I love to do with my hands. But mm-hmm. I would say, as for impacting my designs, that would be hiking. Because yeah. I think probably most of my designs are, some, in one way or another, inspired by nature.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there comes the hiking. Yeah. My, um, We have, uh, I think, over 40 National parks here in Finland, and my husband is trying to collect them all. So <laughs> we do quite a bit of hiking.
0: that is so cool um what's your favorite place in Finland? <laughs> that is a terribly difficult
1: uh, question, but our favorite place is <laughs> well one favorite place is a national park it's called <laughs> Ri which would translate in English into a rice fell or rice mountain. Uh-huh. It is this amazingly beautiful national park where they have this like uh, 12 kilometer long hike that will lead you to such different sceneries within just one short hike. But it's It's amazing. If you're ever in Finland, I really do recommend that. But then otherwise, as for my favorite places... I think they're all related to nature in some way. We have a summer cottage um, close to my mother's like childhood home. Her sister lives there nowadays and we have a summer cottage nearby and those are just really important lands. I feel very very rooted and grounded there.
0: That's really neat. Yeah I have been to Finland once and I would love to go again. It was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> where did you go? I was there in 2015, but I was there in the summer over midsummer. Um, but I was with folks from there, so I don't even know where all I was. I flew into Helsinki. <laughs> I took the train up to Vasa, and beyond that, I know we went to the sea. <laughs> I know we went to a little village thing. I know we did a little bit of hiking, but I have no idea where we were. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. If it's not a big city, then no one knows.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and then, like, your your yoga and your baking, I'm guessing those are more, like, relaxing kind of hobbies for you. Um Like, it feels like maybe you enjoy stuff that is kind of that theme of just, like, calm and relaxing. You kind of mentioned that earlier with the way you run your
1: business. Yes. I'm very much aiming for a relaxed and laid-back life. Yes. With as little stress as possible. Baking is really relaxing. But for the yoga, I... Uh, The yoga I do is astanga yoga, which is like the most fitness version of yoga there is. So that is really just uh, keeping me in shape. That really helps with all um, these sore muscles from knitting. (laughs) It tries to keep me and my limbs in shape so that I can continue knitting for years and years.
0: Yes,
1: I love that. That's... I, I used to go um I learned because to do Astanga yoga you have to take a class to learn all the different poses because it's always the same same um same poses in the same order and you have to learn them to go to those classes. Okay. And <laughs> I went to this uh local Astanga yoga school here <laughs> in my hometown and You know, like when you start a yoga class, you're supposed to be sitting there, relaxed, breathing slowly. And the place was on the fifth floor of a building with no elevator. And as I told you, I'm late for my own tea time. Do you think I was on time for a yoga class? (laughs) So I would just always run there at the very last (laughs) minute. and was like, (sighs) relax.
0: (sighs) The most relaxing start for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, that's that's hilarious. Um, so then I was I was interested in talking about creativity in general. This is something that I feel like comes up a fair bit in my discussions and something that I've also kind of struggled with. And you had mentioned when I had asked for two interesting facts about you one that you mentioned is that you you struggle to think of yourself as being creative because of your your past your history <laughs> as a researcher in statistics um is there like a specific moment you can think of where like you were told that you weren't creative or like how this story
1: developed for you I don't think anyone has ever told me that I'm not creative. I think it's the other way around. Like, I go telling people I'm not creative. Yes. (laughs) And then they ask me, but you design for a living? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I don't mean that I'm not creative at all. It's just that I see some other things in me more pronounced. Like, I (laughs) the thing I think of myself as a designer is that I'm really effective (laughs) I think the creativity thing and how I don't see myself as such a creative person is because my mom paints Mm. and I've never been good at that so like painting and uh, playing an instrument and that kind of things are the things that I associate with being creative Mm -hmm. and as for knitwear design yeah, of course, you have to come up with the kind of the shapes and the stitch patterns and color combinations and all that. But then again, it's still at the end, it's calculating. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: I I used to carry a narrative that I, like, I wasn't creative, I wasn't artistic, and I couldn't be. And um more recently I've been like trying to change that to like like because it was like I felt like my art wasn't good enough or like my creativity wasn't good enough kind of like you were mentioning like with your mom being a painter and Mm -hmm. stuff I'm like I can't draw or paint or anything but I really enjoy it and so then like I've been trying to kind of change the narrative for myself where it's like all right it's not that I don't know maybe kind of just changing my own definition of what creativity is like I can be a creative in different ways and that's fine
1: <laughs> I think I've seen a lot of uh, memes on the internet about this uh-huh. saying that when did it become so that you have to be great and excellent in everything like you yeah. don't have to ace your hobbies they are for you to have fun yes yeah and I
0: I definitely um have been the perfectionist kind of person, so I've always had to be perfect at everything, or else I don't do it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm learning to 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 leave that that behind as well. <laughs> um. So you you worked at a, a as a researcher in the field of statistics. Yeah. Are you able or interested to share like what kind of work you did there, what you were researching?
1: Uh, the Well, the main thing I was working on was teaching AI to um, recognize these kind of bug species from images. Uh-huh. So that humans wouldn't have to do it manually under a microscope. You could just uh, feed the bugs into a tube. Uh, the computer would take photos and then tell you which species they are. Uh-huh. So I was playing around with stuff like neural networks and, yeah, all these uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence stuff.
0: That is so interesting. Um, My background is in engineering, architectural engineering, but my spouse, his... He, his undergrad was in economics and statistics, and his graduate was into statistics, and now he's a data scientist. And yeah. when I got your original email saying that you used to be a researcher in statistics, I, I had to tell him. He's like, well, what was she researching? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> but he he absolutely loves it. So that's, that's really fascinating. Do you ever
1: miss it? I love the... The stuff I was researching I was really into that I and I love programming and you know calculating as I do still even with these knitwear patterns but I just I wasn't enjoying the pressure of the academia yes yes that makes a lot of sense like (laughs) the thing I really disliked about that career choice was Just trying to cope with the constant imposter syndrome like it's not a really good uh selling point for a career if it automatically comes with an imposter syndrome like you're never gonna feel good enough
0: yeah yeah um have you struggled with that at all in designing
1: no no that is my favorite thing about switching careers like i i uh I'm a part of this designer group in Ravelry. Mm-hmm. And I constantly see people discussing there how they have an imposter syndrome in designing. Mm-hmm. Don't feel creative enough and don't feel good enough for writing patterns and stuff. And like, I feel that the imposter syndrome was so bad in my old job that this is so relaxing and. <laughs> <laughs> like switching from that to this i know i'm great at this
0: that is that is fascinating and i i love that you like you feel that way because there are so many people who like you said do struggle with imposter syndrome and stuff and the truth is really no matter what we're doing we're never going to be perfect and um starting off you're definitely not going to be perfect and that's usually when folks feel the most imposter syndrome is starting something kind of what we were just talking about about you know thinking you have to be perfect where you won't be perfect it (laughs) you you will learn and grow and that's all part of the process (laughs) um so what are you winding your yarn for right now what
1: project is that i should start a new design for this yarn I, I I'm uh, planning on going through some um, stitch dictionaries. I want to find some really simple stitch pattern and do maybe just raglan sleeves and a folded uh, ribbing mm-hmm. on the neckline and the cuffs and just a really loose, relaxed, oversized sweater. Nothing fancy, just a fun stitch pattern and a beautiful soft yarn.
0: Yes, yes,
1: that sounds perfectly amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to uh, start winding this yarn because the things I have on my needles at the moment are nothing I could do while chatting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on a huge uh, lace blanket. Ooh. How I'm gonna uh, put down this in just a moment. I can show you, but that is something that I will never be able to knit while while chatting because I have to be checking the chart. Yes. And then I just I had a nice TV knit, another um, a shawl, but I just uh, bound off the stitches a few hours ago. <laughs> is so that, maybe I can we're show that one okay. first. So, this is a new design coming up sometime in spring. Let's see which way it is. It is so pretty. I'm just, it just needs blocking, and then I'm going to add tassels. And that end,
0: did it have a little bit of lace, the end where you've opened it? Yeah.
1: Yes. So
0: pretty. You also have some photos on your grid for folks that maybe want to see.
1: See Beautiful. Yeah, I'm just going to grab that lace blanket to show you that one so it's looking like this at the moment so this is not your tv knit. (laughs) (laughs) no
0: wow it's going to be so beautiful yeah
1: how far along are you uh i finished let's see i think i finished three skeins of yarn I originally had six, but then I ordered four more because I want a a really, like, decent-sized blanket.
0: Uh
1: Uh-huh. So it's going to take a while.
0: Wow. Is this a design that you're creating or somebody else's design? Yeah, this is my own. Wow. It's going to be so pretty.
1: (laughs) It's really going to be just perfect. I have unraveled it three times already because each time I just come up with a better idea like I can fix this one it's gonna look better if I do that and
0: yes that's that's the way designing so often goes what does what does your design process usually look
1: like Well, usually it's really straightforward as I told you I'm a data person doing things really efficiently so I do my swatch I block it and uh, get my uh, gauge from it and then I spend five hours on the computer and after that well maybe not five that really depends on the design it might be (laughs) one hour or then (laughs) eight but I spend a few hours on the computer and then I have everything ready like I have the pattern created written and almost proofread for all 12 sizes that I always create and then I just need to work my own sample check the pattern and writing while I'm working on my sample and then once that one is finished I get a few photos and do a test call. So I'm just all about the efficiency. (laughs) I have done a couple uh, sweater designs the other way around. First starting my sample having an idea and then just started knitting but the the pain of creating it afterwards it's not worth it.
0: And I find I'm a lot more likely to have to rip back and redo if I don't have the pattern just all done to start with. Yeah. <laughs> I um starting out, I did a lot more of like kind of writing it as I went or yeah, but as I you know, as I've gotten more familiar with knitting, it's it's so much more efficient, like you said, to just have it written and <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, you mentioned that your designs are typically nature related is it do you how does your inspiration come about or how do you like start with your design ideas?
1: Well, that depends it varies quite a lot like there might be a stitch pattern like lace pattern that I want to use that reminds me of a place or something in nature or or then I might um, have an idea, like, uh, for this one. This is from my book, Strands of Joy. I had this idea that I want to do a sweater that has the entire Enchanted Forest on the hem. That is so fun. But, like, I almost find that most of my designs get their inspiration from photograph- uh, photographing, like... I really enjoy photography, and um, I usually get an idea of what kind of a photograph I want to get of of the finished design, and then I have to design something for the photo. That
0: is so fascinating and so, so interesting. So do you want to give us an example about, like, one of your recent designs or what
1: you're wearing or something like, like, how it started? Oh, this one. Um... This is something I'm super excited about. This is a a pattern that's going to be coming out in just a couple of weeks, just before Christmas. This is called Acorns and Antlers. And basically, I just, I had this idea, somehow these uh, colors, the yarn colors were just calling for antlers. I don't know why burgundy and gray are calling for antlers, but they were. (laughs) So I had an idea that I really want to do something some color work with antlers on it but what I got really excited about was when I realized I had this idea how I could do right, like a really big pattern because if you're gonna do just your regular <laughs> little um yoke design it's gonna be really narrow and you you can only work like really teeny tiny antlers on it but then I had this idea that I could use like I think this um center panel here has like four of those uh yoke charts in it. So I got this idea that I could actually use more than just one. I had this separate chart for the center front and yeah I got super excited and then it was really fun trying to work how you can like it's easy <laughs> to do an antler pattern or easy or easy but it's possible to do an amphora pattern, but then it's a different ball game trying to figure out how you can place the increases here so that it actually fits at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful, like Marilee said, it's
0: it's so pretty. So that one will be coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah yes that is that is so fun um, <clears throat> all right before we do show and tell with the rest of your designs that you brought <laughs> so one other uh, interesting fact that you shared your, about yourself which I've already posted in one of the posts already but is that you you love movies and do yeah. you want to go ahead and tell us about it it'll be more interesting when you
1: share about it <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just I'm a really kind of a visual person, like for example when there are some book series that are really hyped, like for example Harry Potter's and uh, Lord of the Rings and just like a really good well-loved book series, what I do is that I, I go see all the movies except for the very last one and then I'm gonna go read the books so that it doesn't spoil the ending for me (laughs) <laughs> but I have this visual in my head about how the world in the book looks like. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm, I'm a really visual person. I love stories and I love movies. I'm I'm a really lazy reader. So <laughs> I have to really <laughs> kind of fall in love with the story first to go and grab the book. And uh-huh. then when I do, I'm going to read it like uh, 10 times in a row.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: But I I really uh, enjoy going to the movies or did before <laughs> COVID hit. I my favorite thing was to try and go see as many movies as possible in one day. So I would choose the movies and their starting times so that I could uh, fit in like three movies all at once. And uh, <laughs> so I always bring my knitting, and it's really it's a really fun way to spend a day. But my favorite thing was once at the local movie theater, like, when I was going in for the third one. Then the man at the door was like, I know you from somewhere. I've been here before.
0: (laughs) I I love that so much. And, you know, I feel like that's a very efficient use of your, you know, your travel time. Like, you've gone to the the movies. Mm -hmm. You know, you might as well get as many as you can while you're there. That's so perfect. Um, and then you also mentioned that you have a variety of tastes like your favorite favorite. Yeah, movie.
1: yeah I my, my favorite movie genres are like Disney classics so animation movies for little kids, musicals, and then like really really scary horror movies. <laughs> Like I don't I don't enjoy splatter horror movies as much. I I wanna be like truly scared. <laughs> it was so funny
0: reading what you had written because you know like you've like said something about how you have I don't remember how you word it, but kind of like a strange Variety of tastes or mixture of tastes, and you're like Disney classics, musicals, and I'm like that's not so weird. I enjoy those, and then you're like and horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it, I loved it so much. I am not a person for horror movies, but I, I, it's always I don't know fascinating to me, just in life in general, but in people and like what I call the and statements like there's this but there's also this like we're never just one thing like we can be lazy and extremely productive or we can you know like I I just find it so fascinating we're never we're never just mellow one one kind of thing (laughs) And that's what, yeah, that's what
1: I, I've heard a couple of times how the horror movies really don't fit in my kind <laughs> of my image as a person. Like all the baking, sewing, <laughs> knitting, Disney movies, musicals, like dancing around the house singing happy <laughs> songs and then just <laughs> <laughs> You have to, you
0: have to have an element of surprise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Keep things interesting. That is That is so fun. It's been so fun to to just get to know you a little bit more as a person. I hope other folks have enjoyed it, too. Now I want to see some of your favorite
1: designs. Thank you. So I did get some of my favorites here. As I said, this uh, one was for my book, Strands of Joy, Mm -hmm. which has like 20. Is it 20 or 22? I don't remember. Uh, Color work designs on it. It was published uh, last year. But then um, I have some other color work favorites. This one kind of started my color work journey. This one is called budding and you can see also here the nature inspiration. So you have flowers here. And this is one of the pieces that I wear most often. Like I always go back to this one. <laughs> it, this is super cute because it it has a really cropped hem. It's super cute to wear over dresses, yeah, and this is this is kind of like most most me most my style I'm not sure I think my style is kind of um romantic forties, so this one with high waisted dresses that's my thing
0: it is pretty much all of your designs now color work or
1: no not all of it (laughs) not all of it I also love working with lace and I do design uh cable sweaters as well oh yeah well you have that kind of people expect color work from me nowadays (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's nothing wrong with that either though Yeah, some other favorites. This one is also from the book. This is called Juxtaposition. And the thing about it is it's uh, all over color work, stranded knitting, really um, short floats so it's really easy. But the thing is I had two um, gradient kits, the same colors, going from white to black. And I started the main color here from the white end and the contrast color from the black end. And you can see as I get to the hem you can't really tell them apart when they're crossing each other. And then when I got to the sleeves, the cuffs, the colors have switched around. It's so fun.
0: Um, so is it basically the same design repeated Yeah. whole way it's just the, the gradient and the yarn that's?
1: Yeah. This is just about having fun with the colors. It's so pretty. And this is also one of my favorites because it was it was kind of a triumph getting it graded because I was I spent I think a whole day trying to figure out how am I going to grade this because you have to know like you have to be able to tell if I'm leaving this many stitches on holders for the sleeves, how many stitches do I have to um, cast on for the underarm for the pattern to be still correct Mm -hmm. to work the hem and the sleeves and that would be fine just coming up with a number for one size but I, I really kind of, as I'm into programming, I have this kind of a recipe for a sweater on my computer so I never just count or calculate one size. I have my gauge and then I write down my recipe and then the computer spits out 12 sizes all at once. So it was really fun uh, coming up with the code and math to figure it out. How does it work in any size? Yeah, so.
0: What do you use for a program? Like, have you com- created your entire own app for it? Or
1: uh, I use a program called R-Project, which is used by a lot of statisticians. It's an open source program to fit statistical models. Yes. And I use yes. it for network design.
0: Yes, perfect. I I have asked my my husband to create a program for me and he's like eh. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe what I actually should do is ask him to teach it to me and then I can create yeah. my own. <laughs>
1: it could be a lot of fun for you also if you have an engineering background
0: yeah yeah um I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your book. I mean, like, I know, I've seen it. I've seen some of the designs and stuff. But where did you get the inspiration? How did that process go? All of that.
1: That was actually, it was really fun. I had just kind of um, just decided that I'm going to quit my day job at the university and just focus on network design. And then I was... uh, Just trying to relax, take it easy with the rest of my workload at the university and just trying to ease into Christmas and already kind of celebrating that after New Year, I'm not coming back. And then uh, my friends at the Line magazine, they're just living and working in the next town. It's like two hours from here they had this kind of a pop-up Christmas party at their office. So I went there and they had just posted the day before on their Instagram that they would be publishing uh, Vera Välimäki's book. Uh So I had kind of decided that I have to get over myself. I have to go there and just be um, uh, loud and proud enough to ask, ask them would they publish my book as well. Uh-huh. So I went there, and I, I had decided, like, say it even as a, just as a joke, just say it out loud. But when I got in, <laughs> into their office, Yona was taking off my jacket, and I I wasn't even, like, properly inside yet when she asked, when are we publishing your book? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, maybe yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> and that that was really just perfect timing because as as I was just leaving my old job it was such kind of a safety net to fall back onto knowing that there would be this book and they were going to make it a big deal so I knew my uh, new career would start off really well
0: that is amazing um and so then with the even with the book, did it still feel like you had a like a more restful, slower
1: pace, or did you, like
0: was it stressful to just be starting off with a
1: book? Well, um, so that was the Christmas party. Uh-huh. Then we agreed that I would go back in January, in early January, to write up the contract. So I went there. We signed the contract, and they asked me about my schedule, and I promised them, "Okay, sure, I can do." Uh, 20 designs by the end of June. Didn't really think about it that much, went home. Then the next day I had my birthday and some friends were coming by to have cake and coffee and I told them about the book deal and they started counting for me, like 20 designs by the end of June. Have you realized that is one design per week? And then I was (laughs) like, oh, shit. At first, I I was thinking, how am I going to do this? But then again, I am really efficient in this (laughs) line of work. But then COVID hit. Everything shut down. And soon enough, I was so relieved to have something to focus on. So Mm. it was actually just a big relief for me to have that much work to be done. Wow. Wow. That is... so
0: interesting how the timelines all like everything just like fell into place (laughs) and so then i'm sure the launch and everything was
1: extremely exciting yes (laughs) but it was it was a bit different you know because we're still in kind of a lockdown we couldn't do any big parties back then like (laughs) the day the book launched i i had uh some of the knits from the book to show at the local yarn shop, but we couldn't do it inside. So I was standing in the freezing <laughs> freezing courtyard with my designs. There were a couple of people coming by, but of course it was in the middle of the winter, really mm-hmm. bad weather and just freezing cold. And then I, I stood outside for an hour or two. And then we had this um, Instagram live with my publishers that we um, were filming inside the shop and you know that was it like it was me and the (laughs) yarn shop owner and then the line team across instagram and just us poor people
0: (laughs) yes oh so have you thought of doing like a sort of book tour for it now or
1: well now it wouldn't be as easy because we have the little one
0: (laughs) yes yes
1: but um, I do have some ideas for a new book, so we'll have to see if that one passed out a bit better. <laughs> <for> a <tour.
0: laughs> is that under contract or is it
1: uh not yet, just no.
0: ideas thrown around. Yeah, yeah. That is that is very exciting. Are people still able to purchase copies of the book?
1: Um, there are some left. For example, in my webshop I do have still, I think quite quite many left, but the print is sold out so that is it and they're not going to be doing new new uh prints of it you can get it uh as a digital version and then if you're looking to get just a pattern or to the rights revert back to me in february so then all of the designs will be available as pdfs on revelry
0: yes wonderful so where can folks find you online just to follow you to purchase your patterns any of it
1: yeah well folks who are here will probably find me on instagram uh <laughs> well on their own but uh you can find my web shop uh online it's um the website is called com. so very easy <laughs> easily found there and then of course on Ravelry
0: yes wonderful this has been been such a joy to to chat with you, Johanna. Oh, I wanted to ask one other question. How did your How did you name your business, Anna Johanna?
1: <laughs> that is a fun story. You know, uh, my <laughs> here in Finland, your middle name can actually be your official name. So, Anna is my first name, and Johanna, which is the way to pronounce it here in Finland, uh, is my middle name, but it's also my official name. So. I am called Johanna, but as Anna is my first name, in all like official places, like in the school and everywhere, people would always call me Anna. And I would always have to correct, no, it's not Anna, it's Johanna. And I've been super annoyed by this my whole entire life, like my husband always laughs how I can do like two hour um, monologues about don't name your children by them by their middle name don't do it they will hate it so then i started designing all my (laughs) life i've been correcting people it's johanna not anna Uh and then i started designing and back then i was still working at the university and it's really important to be found for the right things online when you're in the academia i want people to find my research when they google my name so i figured i don't want to use my like my first name and my surname my design business, so I, I decided. Fine, let's go with the Anna, <laughs> you thing, because that's also really uh, um, easy for folks who are not Finnish. It's it's a name that pronounces well in all languages, I think. So it was a really good design name for those reasons as well. But nowadays, so my husband is he's just rolling on the floor. dying of laughter because now i've done this myself (laughs) (laughs) yes yes. (laughs) you
0: you don't have as much leverage when you complain about it
1: now no i don't
0: oh i i wondered if that was the case because i have a friend i think her family has roots in the philippines but it's the same same thing their their middle name is really their their name that they go by so um And now I have to apologize that I've been calling you Johanna this whole time instead of (laughs) Johanna. I should have known the difference, but (laughs) (laughs) thanks for uh, uh, putting up with it
1: anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. uh, It's fine. You can call me Johanna, Johanna, whatever, as long as you know that that's my real name. Like, that's a big thing for me. Like, you were the first one to ever ask, is it Anna or Johanna? Uh,
0: yeah well I mean I'll admit I did assume to start with it was Anna but then when you signed off as Johanna I was like oh yeah I, I tried her. to learn some little hints yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh well this was it that's so fun so so lovely to chat with you I hope someday I'll be back to Finland and maybe see you in person that would be amazing
1: yeah. I really loved you having me here for a chat thank you so much
0: yes it was so delightful the replay will be up on my instagram i'll also post it on my youtube and then eventually it'll be up on the podcast so have a lovely beautiful day and beautiful end of your week to everybody and thanks to those who joined live we'll talk to you later thanks bye bye wow thanks so much for listening to this episode if you found it valuable please share the podcast with a designer friend And if you have a minute, leave a review. It's so helpful for me and means the world to me. Chat soon.